0: and welcome to songs for the struggling artist the blogcast this is episode 265 my name is emily rainbow davis thanks for listening today's blog is about a television show again <laughs> i'm sorry i don't i as i watch television now i guess is my is my thing this is not again not a spanish television show for for a change although I, I am still watching them. <laughs> uh, this is a show that was uh, on Apple TV, which I had no interest in at all, even though it came with my computer last year. Uh, and then I was like, oh, it's going to expire. I guess I better <laughs> see if there's anything on it now. There wasn't when I first got it. And, uh, and of course, like as soon as I... Uh, as soon as my, like, subscription ran out, like, three three or four things came up. But before that, I was like, uh, there's no show I want to watch on this. Uh, there, there's a couple worth seeing. Um, anyway, I, 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 it's not worth paying money for it. If it was free, it was, you know, it's fine. It's fine for free. It's not fine for money. But anyway, this blog is about a show called Mythic Quest, Which, you know, it does have the word myth in it, so those of you who know me and my aesthetic know that that would tend to pull me in. Uh, And I'd heard good things about this show. And, And there were good things about this show, but then it made me mad. So, anyway, let me read it to you. It is called, Trying to Help Women is Exhausting. I know I'm the kind of person that the guys who make Mythic Quests like to piss off. They're out here making things, hoping they'll do something to make me angry. I don't know if they've ever said this out loud, but it feels like their ethos is, if I'm not making feminists mad, I'm not doing my job. I know the type. I can tell when I'm being baited. So, good job, dudes. You did it. Bait taken. I started watching Mythic Quest after I read several heartfelt reviews of it and I realized that my complimentary subscription to Apple TV was about to expire. I figured I'd see what all the fuss was about, having been assured that one needn't be a hardcore gamer to enjoy it. Season one was a delight. The quarantine episode was touching. The standalone episode about an entirely different game than the one in the series was innovative and like a short story in the middle of a wacky TV novel. They got me to like these people in season one, and then they started throwing punches. There were some little digs at first, and then the big punch was when the lead woman was asked to give a speech. At a women in gaming conference. She did not want to do it, but the men she worked for insisted. And so she shows up in fancy hair and makeup, dictated by her male boss, and gives a mess of a speech about how she's such a mess and not a good boss and always fucks up, and the audience gives her a standing ovation. Then the joke of the episode is revealed. This speech that appears to have been her impromptu experience of falling apart on stage, oh, I can't see the teleprompter, oops, I farted, etc., was entirely scripted by her boss. He's written her whole experience. Her success is really his. It's pitched as her success because she manipulated him into writing it, but really, it's clear The writer is so good, he knew her so well, and knows what women want so much, he would be an even better woman than a woman is. When I watched this episode, season one had given me such goodwill. I decided that these guys made this choice because of the joke. It makes for a big payoff, comedy-wise, to reveal that the boss is the author of the speech. It is funny. So... While what it implies is that women are not even capable of speaking for themselves on the subject of women, you can sort of forget the message because of the joke. I mean, I couldn't. I was pissed. But I I think the average person could. But then there was the episode where another woman, the shrill feminist character, drives the boss somewhere. She's going on and on about her relationship with her partner and the boss explains to her that she's missing her chance to get him to help her with her career. He tells her this is her moment to give her elevator pitch. He asks her what she wants. She cannot answer. She doesn't know what she wants. She doesn't even know what an elevator pitch is. The boss is frustrated. He says something like, Trying to help women is so exhausting. This scene infuriated me. It's still infuriating me because it seems to imply that all us ladies out here complaining, nay, whining about wanting a seat at the table wouldn't know what to do with it if we were given one. We don't even know what an elevator pitch is. How is a white guy boss supposed to help these people who don't even know what they want? I realize I I am meant to be the butt of the joke here as one of those women advocating for social change, but I don't think that's why I don't find it funny. I can love a good joke at my own expense, I enjoy the women's studies major in the Legally Blonde movie petitioning for an Ovester, for example. But this joke on Mythic Quest just feels mean spirited, especially on TV, a place where 80% of shows have more male characters than female ones representing an industry, gaming, that not only has trouble with their small numbers of women, women who, once they are there, are confronted with an incredibly toxic culture, but also an industry that has been the center of some of the most heinous harassment there is. I'm talking about Gamergate and the harassment of Anita Sarkeesian here. Some say that Gamergate was the beginning of the irredeemably toxic direction of social media that may have led to the intense polarization of our populace and political mess we've had to deal with ever since. When Anita Sarkeesian started working on a video about women in video games, she became the target of an unholy amount of horrific death threats and much, much worse. So in that environment to minimize one of the few women characters like this is just cruel. This character has a job in video games, has already endured sexism, only some of which we've seen, and now when she's given an opportunity, she balks because girls don't even know what they want. I'm not saying this couldn't happen, I'm sure it does. Probably many a woman has choked when confronted with an opportunity a man feels he's so generously doling out. But in this moment, when women's work across all fields has been struck such a blow that it may take decades to recover, does this seem like a good time to laugh about a woman not knowing how to seize an opportunity or not knowing what she wants? When many women have lost the jobs they worked so hard to secure or had to give up their life's work because there was no other option for childcare. Does this seem like a good time to laugh at a woman who advocates for other women? Read the room, guys. If women not knowing what they want was really a thing that happens, I have a suspicion about why. If this character in this episode was ambitious, she'd be less likely to be hired. Ambition is not, sociologically speaking, a desirable trait in women. Men who are like the boss in this show don't tend to hire ambitious women. They hire women who will help them forward their own genius. The only reason this boss is hanging around with this shrill woman is because he wants someone to fight with for his creative juices. A woman who is overtly ambitious for herself would never make it past the front door. But sure, yeah, trying to help women is so exhausting. And yet, I did notice that this episode was written by a woman, apparently the creator's lead sister, and that she also wrote the best episode last season. So I don't know what's going on there, except that even smart, talented ladies can throw out some anti-feminist garbage on occasion. I also noticed that this second season is missing comic genius upon noncharla, both in the writer's room and the cast. And I have to wonder if this downward slide into misogyny is partly due to her absence. I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory here, but this show does not get a mention on her Wikipedia page. And I have to wonder if maybe fighting for women in such a world might have gotten a little bit too much to bear at a certain point. I know I wouldn't want to do it. The show does better at inclusivity than might be expected. There are five women in significant roles and four of them are BIPOC. So that's something. It's just Such a drag to watch them pushed into such bummers of stories. When I started writing this, the season wasn't over yet, and I had a small hope that this show would find a way to redeem itself. But I gotta say, it didn't quite. Sure, some of the women got some big wins, but almost every one of them was more or less gifted to them by a man. And while that's not a terrible idea for men in power to start to take on, you know, being more generous to women and doling out opportunities is a good idea, it's just kind of a drag for ambitious women to watch. Okay, so if I just find a nice, powerful man to give me something, that will help me achieve my goals. If I were a woman in gaming, I might just try to use my own ambition to start something rather than try to get anything done with these bozos. And if this show results in a glut of women-created games in response, then it will have been a good thing. But I don't know, man, I don't know. There are plenty of things in the world that make me mad. I'm not sure I need a silly show about a video game to be one of them. So obviously, I can't recommend season two of this show. But if you wanted to watch it, you could just watch season one. Like just just quit when it's season one is done. It's not clear when that's happening because they got pandemic interrupted. Uh, but you know, I, I feel like there is a clear switch from one to two, and uh, and just skip just skip the second season. Just skip it. The first one is a delight. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so I did more kind of digging into the guy who made the show to try and figure out, like, mostly I was looking for some quote because I felt sure there would be one out there that was like, oh, if I'm not making feminists mad, like, I just felt like there would be one. Uh, I couldn't find one, um, which, you know, to his credit, good job. He didn't say it, you know, to a publicist or something. Uh, but he's also one of the guys who created It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I believe, which is where most of the quotes tend to come from. And I never watched that show, so I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, he's an interesting character. The character is an interesting character. I, I don't know about the person. Uh... Yeah, it is a it's a mystery. It's so, how did this show become so different? <laughs> I guess is my is my question. Uh, and we and there's no one talking about it. Everyone is, uh, yeah, not not talking about it. So I think something happened, but nobody will say. Um. So, that, that's that. I, I hope it makes any sense, even if you have not seen Mythic Quest. I feel like there's some some somethings going on in there. Um, yeah, so f- for a song, I got you another Well Running Dry. <laughs> because I was sort of working on both of them. And uh, I feel like... For a lot of, you know, this this post references what's happened to a lot of women over the course of the last year and a half, and um, I feel like a lot of women's wells are running very dry. Uh, So it's not a huge stretch, (laughs) and certainly this, this well running dry song is much more appropriate to this post than the previous. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, that one features the song popularized by Otis Redding. This one is Buck Owens. So uh, in a moment, I will sing that for you on ukulele. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please tell someone about it. Like, share, subscribe, tweet, retweet, do all the things. Uh, And if you would like to support it with your dollars, there's patreon.com slash emilyrdavis. There's Ko-fi, there's PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. Always appreciated and thank you. And thank you for your ears (laughs) on the, on the podcast. So yeah, without further talk, I give to you, you'll never miss the water.
1: You'll regret each and every time you made me cry You'll never miss me, darling, till I say goodbye Oh, you'll never miss the water till the well runs dry You thought you were taking candy from a baby in the pie now you better realize just what you're doing cause you'll never miss the water till the well runs dry oh you'll never miss the water till the well runs dry you'll regret each and every time you miss darling till I say goodbye oh you'll never miss the water till the well runs dry well I've had it up to here with all your cheating and those little lies you tell me on the sly. now you better listen close to what I'm saying You'll never miss the water Till the well runs dry Oh You'll never miss the water Till the well runs dry You'll regret each and every time You'll never miss me, darling, till I say goodbye. Oh, you'll never miss the water till the well runs dry. Oh, you'll never miss the water till the well runs dry.